Hello, uh, shoppers, turkey enthusiasts, uh, football enthusiasts, Olympic hopefuls. Uh, I'm recording on a Friday night with talking all things comebacks today, and uh, uh, I'm sure everybody is uh, back from uh, turkey and shopping this Thanksgiving weekend. So I'm thankful that we are all healthy and can have fun. Enjoy our Thanksgiving turkey and Black Friday shopping. Also, check out the uh, Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. See all my content. Check out turkey, everything. And the Big D Podcast is always available, Spotify and Apple. So, so unfortunately, New York Jets couldn't come back tonight. But, uh, come, but uh, back with me, hope, hope 20... Uh, uh, 2020, 2021 U.S. Olympian race walking. One of my uh, dearest friends, Robin Siemens. So, Robin, uh, thanks for coming back on tonight. Uh, on and uh, how things going in your neck of the woods? <laughs> well, it's always fun to chat with you, Dylan. Thanks for bringing me back on. Uh, things have been interesting. You know, I'm just training, and uh, after some. A long time off due to long haul COVID. <laughs> uh, so I just came back in August and just been training. I was supposed to be in Lima, but uh, there's some political stuff going on. And as usual, that I've been dealing with the last couple of years, I'm supposed to be in Budapest, but still political stuff going on. <laughs> so I'm just training. <laughs> yeah. Hoping I mean... for things to be better and we'll see. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it seems like race walking's not a uh, public issue number one in terms of uh, the uh, IAAF or of the U USA USATF. Would this be a USATF issue? It. This is a USA track and field issue. The the, the okay. stuff I'm dealing with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. World Athletics is great. They they've been wonderful. USOPC have been wonderfully supportive. Um, the disappointment lies in USA track and field where they're dropping the ball, but it is what it is. So how's the training been since, uh, how's the training been since you come, came, since you, uh, came back in August? It's been great. Uh, I came back, uh, I didn't really, I got kind of talked into doing the, 5k nationals um it was in the middle of my training i had a really heavy training block because i was under the impression that as the only person actually qualified for um in race walk for us for the um pan am games that just happened in lima uh i was in serious training to make sure i would have a great performance there um so i had I, like i was i didn't change my my training um, around the 5k and the, there was a mixed relay we did also a week later than that. Um, but I didn't train, I got talked into those, but I didn't change any of my training because we really wanted to have a phenomenal outcome in Lima. And so the 5k went really well, given that, um, I did a 16k and 50 mile hour wind the day before in a tropical storm <laughs> and then just turned around and did a 5k. I wasn't peaking with it for it. And then, um, the, the mixed relay was our first one in the U S that we've done. We did it in long Island hosted by Gary Westerfield. 
and I ended up being the top women race walker finisher. You wouldn't know because um, they go by teams, but if you look at the splits, I had the fastest, um, both my splits were the fastest for the women. Uh, so it shows how strong I'm coming back and uh, with only very little training going into that and heavy, heavy training um, with the focus on being Lima and then only to find out a week later that the USATF dropped the ball. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, I'm just, hey, I'm just thankful Southwest Florida didn't get any more hurricanes because as someone who's been through enough hurricanes the past 20 years, I know what hurricanes can do. And tropical storms. I'm like California never sees tropical storms. Oh, this, I was at, I was on the East Coast. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I was there for the 5K and the um, mixed relay, the Long Island mixed relay. Well, so wait, so you were there for that one tropical storm that hit yep. like the? Yep, and I was training in it. I did a 16K in it. Got, and the did, very next day, did a. Did a 5K and then followed that 5K with a two-hour mountain session. I've got a question. Which which knock right decided was okay to run to run a race and 50 not wins? Huh? Who decided was okay to run a race and 50 not wins? Well, uh the race, the the winds had gone down. That okay. was the next day. And it was up in New York where I was in Connecticut or New Jersey, New Jersey. I don't know wherever it was. I don't know where I was. Um, I just showed up. That's what I do. I train and I show up in a race. <laughs> and, but I, my training was specific for Lima. So I was very focused on that and very focused on not missing a workout. So um, I assessed, you know, what my risks were and it looked like I could do it. There was enough cafes open and restaurants. I saw like some kid trying to fight the water was like all the way up over like almost to his chin. Um, but I decided I would do it. I would just do the training because um, I it, when I was living in Tehachapi, it was super windy like that, the same amount of winds. So um, it wasn't anything that I haven't dealt with before. Or, and I just figured it just makes you stronger. That's why I did it. I'll, I'll tell you, I love windy. I love windy workouts because uh, Trying to think, what's what's that one song? Uh, I'm trying to think. It's what doesn't kill you make you makes you stronger, right? What doesn't kill me makes you stronger. Isn't that uh, Kelly Clarkson? Something. It's one of those pop singers. <laughs> my terrible rendition of it. That was just on my playlist at the gym. I think it's Kelly Clarkson. Anybody out there? You can correct us. Wrong. Yep, by Kelly Clarkson. What doesn't kill you make makes you stronger. <laughs> yep. First Kelly Clarkson rendition on the Big D podcast. <laughs> so what kind of training were you doing? I'm guessing uh training for uh, a 20k, I'm guessing 20k. Um I mean the focus is the 20k, but Training for the 20K will still keep me strong for the mixed 35 because the 35K is just two 10Ks. Basically. Yeah. Basically a 20K. Yeah, basically. It's Divided. Like, get a rest. So. That, that, would, that feels like, you know, when the cross-country skiers would do like a sprint relay or like a mixed relay 
relay, you might have like a mix two by four, and it's like you run 400 meters, take a minute rest, and uh -huh. go back and do it again. It's like that, that would, that would seem to be harder than just run all the way through. Yeah, it's interesting because you have to you have to be strategic and, and plan for being at rest for about 48 minutes to 50 minutes, depending on how the guy is, um, whoever your partner is, the male leg. How do you keep yourself? I mean, how do you rest? I mean, do you try and like stretch, keep yourself loose? So how do you like judge rest, recuperation? and keeping yourself focused knowing you've got to do another 10k uh i'm pretty used to it just because in high school and college i i always did at least four events uh and then in club i always did at least five events because i always did the mile i always did the 800 i always did the two mile and i always did the four by four and in club they also had the race walk so i would do the mile the 800 or yeah, the 800, the 3K race walk or 5K race walk, and then um, the two mile. And then right away, as soon as I finished the two mile, I'd jump into the four by four, like just switch my shoes really quick and go. So I'm pretty used to it. And then also like when I did junior under 23 nationals, I would do the 10K run or the 5K run and the 10K walk and the, or the 5K walk, whatever it was that year, back to back, like the same day. So pretty like to me I just channel that mem muscle memory or that like just put myself there and uh keep my myself you know hydrated and um ready to go smart you know you got to be strategic yeah don't but yeah don't put in a gasket the first 10k otherwise you're going to pay for it coming home yeah yeah which is kind of it's the same for like a full 20k too you want to you just gotta it's just it's just a little bit different that's all <laughs> it's like you don't see it's like in a, in a marathon you don't see the runners going off real quick the first mile ever when it's like oh we'll see you later and then by mile seven it's like they're, they're, they're done yeah yep yeah yeah like oh, we'll, we'll let them go we'll see them in a few miles yeah you know, for us it's a few kilometers We'll catch you. We'll catch you at the hills. We'll catch you uh, on the on that final stretch or the final or the bridge. Five k. I mean, so obviously you've you're adept to training in all kinds of conditions. I mean, you've trained in humidity. You've trained at altitude. I would think wind would be different because you don't know exactly when the gust is coming, though. Yeah, that's what we were actually just talking about. I went to coffee with my family and we were talking about Tehachapi. And uh, I really like the training there because it's at 4,000 feet and the the winds the on average is 21 to 24 miles per hour every day. That's the average. So some with gusts of sometimes 50, 80 miles per hour. So there were times where I would be doing this 7K loop. It's this beautiful loop out there. Um, and the wind would just hit right because it goes up the hill and down. And it would. It would pick me up and drop me. <laughs> I would just keep walking. So, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, the wind would pick me up. So I'm two feet off the ground. But that wasn't my fault. But... <laughs> 
so it, it trains you. It trains you to some to 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 build different strategies for if it hits you, and be ready for it. Just gotta train. You gotta I be would, ready for anything. <laughs> I would I would think if the wind if the wind gets you, it might it might send you somewhere you don't want to be. You don't want to be falling down a mountain at. Yeah, I've almost I've almost been taken out. But I mean, in a real scenario, they're not going to let us race if the winds are that high. So, I mean, so I've, I, I've, I've trained in, in harsher conditions than they'll ever allow us to race in. So. I'm trying to think because, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, would it be crazy if you train? I mean, you think you've trained like 40, 50 knot winds? Mm-hmm. Yep. And yet and it you, can be grueling for the mind because it slows your pace way down and you just think like, oh my gosh, I'm going so slow. I should be powerful. I should be a warrior and still be able to do my regular pace with no wind in the wind. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's unreasonable, but you know how we are. Oh so. yeah, especially, especially for me because if I'm going into the wind and I love going into the wind because... Yeah, it's not based on speed, it's based on strength. And I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, why is my mouth so slow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it just builds that mentality. It just because <laughs> it's such a mind blow to see that slow time. You're like, I can do it. I can get I can get just as fast with the wind. Kind of gives you something to target, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the end on race day actually helps because you've got that extra strength. You've got that extra yeah, yep. <laughs> because you can. You've dealt with the wind. You've dealt with the heat. You've dealt with the humidity. You've dealt with awful kinds of conditions. Adversity. Because. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's so, true. But I would think. I mean, yeah, there are some mountains on the east coast, but you don't get the altitude on the east coast like you would in in Colorado, Arizona, California. Yeah, I whew, that was the big adjustment for me when I was living in Florida last year. Um, so I bought a mile high tent, the mile high training tent, and uh, I still I have it in my room here because where I'm I'm staying here, it's we're not very high in altitude. So that one, it's nice. You can kind of assimilate. It's not the same as training in it, but you can kind of assimilate sleeping at altitude. Oh, you have like oh, you have like a recovery tent. It's not recovery tent. Definitely not recovery. Um, it's it's it assimilates altitude. Okay, so it's like one of so it's like one of those things that so oh I see so it like simulates if your body <laughs> like five six thousand feet. Yeah, you can go up that high. Mm -hmm. You can set it at different altitude. It's so it's usually used for people who are mountaineers. Um, but Olympians use it as well. Distance athletes use it as well who don't have access to altitude training. That's why. That's why. Uh, that's why some of these distance athletes don't need to be from uh, Colorado mm -hmm. or Arizona. They could train and be. It could. It could train and whatever and still be great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just you have to know how to do it right, though. I haven't used it this season at all. Um, but I did use it last year. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, 
I do, I have to watch my ferritin levels, which is part of iron. Um, and so I think what it happened was it was stressing my body a little too much and I, I went low in ferritin. And then also I didn't know that I had COVID. Um, so now I'm like kind of scared to use it because I'm not sure if that caused me to just overstress my body and I ended up with COVID or if it was just the COVID that, that took me out. But I know that like there's some other race walkers that use the altitude tent. And I was asking um, Anna Cupertina from uh, Portugal how she uses it because she has the same one I have. And I saw her setting one up in one of her um, Instagram posts. And so I'd asked her for tips on how she uses hers and when and um, have talked to um, Christopher Linke of Germany on just like he doesn't use the tent. He just goes to actual altitude. He's fortunate that he has that support from his federation um but just uh just utilizing um strategies on um what's available so. what have you noticed in terms of your conditioning coming back i mean is, it, is you felt like your old self again um yeah i have uh i feel it's it's interesting like they said that um i should be fine there might be some malaise so the the symptom that i was having and this is why it took so long to figure out what it was and that it was long haul covid was just this deep sense of malaise but there was always something that could explain it like oh maybe it's the stress of moving across the country or it's the stress of dealing with all the drama and the politics and usa track and field and race walk and, um, or maybe it's the, and, and so I'm feeling, um, like myself, uh, but part of, part of it is, I don't know if it's trepidation because there's just been so much disappointment where it's like, I do the work and I show my results and they just get ignored. So, um, so it's just kind of like, what am I doing this for? Um, but I feel good. Like my body feels back. There are times where I feel tired um pretty tired but it could be it could be the long haul covid still lingering or it could be i, I mean i have a full clean bill of health i, I just went and got a, a physical last week um my ferritin's a little low but um it's kind of normal for me to be low uh i just have to eat more red meat and um because I, I generally don't eat a lot of red meat i just eat chicken and turkey like ground turkey so um, I don't know, or, or it could just be the stress, the stress of just dealing with, um, all the politics that I've been dealing with the last two years. <laughs> yeah. And figuring out, figuring out whether you're going to run in Eugene, whether you're going to run in, Bud in Budapest. Yeah, you know, when I'm the only one actually qualified that met the toughest qualification standards and they still don't send me and I have to fight for it. And I'm my own self-advocate because the people who are supposed to be fighting for me are the people who are manipulating sport because they sit on the executive committee. So it's, it's just this double A it's, it's not a good situation and it's not, it's miserable to be honest. It's miserable. And uh, I enjoy doing what I do and feeling fit and being fit. Um, but the having to fight to be on teams that my merit has already shown, I'm like the one that made it. 
but then they leave me off um, is really degrading and disrespectful and disappointing. <laughs> so it's heartbreaking. I mean, it's you've been on the, I mean, you've been on the biggest stage in Tokyo and Eugene, and it's like now, now it's like we don't want you there. We want somebody else there. It's like what's going yeah, on? Yeah, and they don't even perform well. They don't even show proof of fitness. Where meanwhile, I've come back from long haul COVID and injuries more fit than I was at the beginning of the season and out ranking everyone on the US race walk teams. And yet, uh, but it's because they make the selection. That's the problem is those competitors are the ones on the executive committee making the rules, making um, the selection for who's on the team and deciding and voting on that to keep me off. So it's a huge sport manipulation issue. And USATF, high performance, don't pay attention to it. And so it's a matter of complacency. So um, by neglect, negligence, and it's just, it's a huge thing. And um, I'm doing it because I love what I do and, and being fit. But it's like, you know, um, I, I accidentally made the Olympics in the first place. <laughs> I came back for fitness and I made a team. So um, it's just, well, it is what it is. We'll see what happens in 2024 I, I always train to be the best that i can be so that is just what i do and anything i do and any job that i've had and anything i do i try to be the best that i can be and um whatever happens happens yeah unfortunately unfortunately it doesn't matter how hard you work it matters what happens i find, find it weird that like for in fact, like race walking, some people would end up picking because, like, when <laughs> TF hosts the Olympic trials this uh, June, I think June, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Top three, top three in each event. If they've made the, if they've got the standard, would make the team. Like that would seem. Ah, like you would think that, but um, if they don't have the standard, they still make the team if they're in the rankings. Then you've got a then you've got a question. Then you've got a problem because I'm trying to think who was the uh, 1500 runner at the I think at the last Olympics. Like Cole Hawker didn't have the Olympic standard, but made the team and made the Olympic final without. Yeah, because without. all USATF cares about is top three at Olympic trials. So you could not have the standard, and but if you were top three at the trials, that's who you take. It doesn't matter if the person, there's only one person with the automatic standard, like I was. Like this past year, I was the only person by the end of closing date that was top in the rankings and had the automatic standard. There was no other race walker, male or female, that had automatic, and they were far down in the rankings. I was high up. Um, But they didn't send me because I didn't finish top three in the trials race because it was in January. And, And then I was coming back from long haul COVID for the 20K this past year. So I had only had nine days of pre-training. I wasn't even training. Um, most I had done is a 7K. And so I ended up fifth on no training. And um, and then I was I was sick with, with COVID in January. So um, I was fourth. So even though none of them had stellar times this year and none of them reached the automatic standard like I had, and none of them had even superseded me. Uh, so I had two of them weren't e- even outside of the rankings. They were 52 and 54. 
um, at closing date. And yet, because they could remove me, it bumped them up one and then they went up. But see, there's a problem with the rules there because it should be, you should be in the top 50 at closing without anybody getting removed from the list. So if you're not in the top 50, so they need to change that. Like if you're not in the top 50 by closing date, regardless of where anybody's at, you shouldn't be on the team. But they finished one, two, three. So it's like, there's a problem with the one, two, three because they don't value quality. They're just valuing like that day. And a lot of things can happen on that day. You know, people could, um, and then, or people could, like, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of problems. I mean, look at the 2020 Olympic, Olympic women's marathon Olympic trials. I wouldn't have picked uh, Molly Sato and Sally Kipiango as two of my picks. For Tokyo? For for the Olympic, for the women's Olympic marathon trial. For Tokyo? Yes. Yeah. Um, but at least they showed their fit. Like, they, they were in the rankings. They were in the top rankings. And well, and well in the rankings. So. I mean, I, I don't even think Molly Sider ran a marathon before Atlanta. Like, she, she ran a half. I think yeah, she ran... but she had done a lot of halves. She was also um, a 5K runner. and Like, it's not like she came out of nowhere. I mean, you haven't remembered Molly Sider and Notre Dame. More mm. than yeah. I bet you want a bronze medal at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Pushing the pace, pushing the pace against some of the goats in a women's marathon. Yeah, but she, I mean, she at least showed her merit. Like she did show up strong in the in the rankings. It's just we have such a strong American. Like we have so many Americans that are in the rankings. Like that's a it's a whole different scenario because a lot of them have the automatic standard. Like we have more than twelve, that <laughs> twenty that have the automatic standard. Yeah, and then, and then on the so automatic's automatic. So in that case, it's the top three. It makes sense. So but, then, but that's like the one event that I don't entirely. I've I've asked um, Jared Ward a few times if he would because he's the AAC leader for the men marathon, and so I've asked you know I've asked him a couple times like on our we have a slack channel like is there any way like we could chat sometime to just kind of explain to me how that because i've thought about doing the marathon and um i'm how the qualifying goes because that's like the one i've been tracking all the other events because i'm the at-large event leader for aac and the one that's pretty confusing for me is there is the marathon <laughs> Yeah, and, fig and figuring out and figuring out like what's going to happen because we don't even know if the race is going to take place in Orlando because now it's like 10 a.m. But let me tell you this: in February, it might be 85 or it might be 55 here. Lord yeah, knows. No, I remember living there. You never know. And uh, think back to the last two marathon trials: 2016 LA, hot; 2020 in Atlanta, hilly. What's mm -hmm. this year going to be? Yeah. You know what it's going to be? Hellacious. It'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. So what are your goals for the rest of this year and hopefully next year? Uh, I, I mean, hopefully uh, run the pa – well, maybe not run the Paris, but ro walk the Paris, right? Yeah, we'll see about it. That's everybody else's goal for me. They like to tell me my goals. Um, I 
am focused on my next career move, actually. I'm really excited about it. I've started um, a life coaching practice. Um, I'm going to get my full certification. I'm doing a six-day intensive program from December 4th through 9th. And uh, I've been working with my own life coach uh, for the past couple of years. And um, so I'm really excited about this, this next chapter. And um, I don't know, I'm ready, I'm ready to, to move on and, and utilize my experiences to give back and um, impart some of my wisdom yeah, <laughs> um, and, and help others uh, pursue getting the best out of their life. And um, maybe, you know, explore the tools that they have within them for uh, dealing with adversity that comes up because we all are going to have it. We all have it. It's, it's unavoidable. Uh, so that's that's my, my big goal that I'm excited about um, that I'm that I'm working on with this year to to start next year with. Uh, and then, um, I mean, business as usual, as far as training goes, I train because I like being fit. And I like being the best that I can be just out of sheer curiosity. So, um, so yeah, I'm training to compete for Paris. Uh, is it my ultimate goal? Not necessarily. Um, would I like it to be? Sure. But with all the stuff that I've been dealing with, um, I'm kind of disenchanted by it. So, <laughs> like, uh you know, once an Olympian, you're an Olympian. It doesn't really matter how many times you go. You're not making money doing it. It becomes a hobby. So that's what it feels like right now is a hobby because I've made nothing on it. So <laughs> I just really want to get back and um, go on to the next thing. But I am training. I am training, competing. I'll be there. Be there whether, whether as, a, as a competitor or a fan, right? Not as a fan as a competitor <laughs> hey i mean uh we all we all strive to be olympians i mean whether you're the you're a race walker a swimmer or or the uh, 100 meters stall we all everybody's goal simple make the make the olympic team we know 2024 in paris i can't think of a i can't think of a better of many better cities to host an Olympics in Paris. I mean, you, I know you've have you been there. Yeah, yeah. I know you've been. I know you've been there, and like that would probably be a way to. That would probably be a way to go off into the next adventure. Like goodbye. It would be romantic, wouldn't it? It was how I started. Um, that was my first country I had gone to at fourteen years old. And I came home from, I went from to France and Italy. Paris is one of the main um, cities we went to. And I came home homesick for a month. So that's how I knew that I, I was in love with with Europe and in general. And uh, so, yeah, it would be poetic. It would be nice. Um, I'm just not giving my hopes up because, you know, I qualified for Budapest. I qualified for Eugene. I qualified for Lima at, with like the with results that were beyond my wildest dreams. I just, that race in Dudence is one I'll remember for the rest of my life, I hope, unless Alzheimer's kicks in. And um, uh, my federation totally punished me for it. They didn't celebrate it. So it's really disheartening. <laughs> um, so we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. 
Yeah, in uh, fact, I remember traveling when you uh, walked in Eugene. I'm like, dang, dang, what a race! I'm like, thank you. Of course, they put. Of course, I think they put you at like three thirty in the morning for the Olympics, and I'm like, and I'm like, my alone well, for you, for us, it was six. Oh no, no, it was it was. Oh, you're talking about Olympics? Yeah, yeah, it was super early for you. <laughs> it was PM for us. They could have put they could have put you at like six a.m. instead of instead of the middle of the day in Japan. Yeah, they changed they changed the the hours for all the distance events except race walk. Well, the fifty k ended up starting in the morning, right? That, oh yeah, except for twenty k race walk. Yeah, so they did the marathons and the fifty k in the morning, and then they left us in the afternoon. So, so the marathon went from went from what Tokyo, which was blazing hot, to Sapporo, which was also hot. But they 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 raced in the morning, so they had pretty good, like perfect conditions. <laughs> I think from hot to hotter, right? Well, from like hot to still hot. I don't know. I thought it was great. I loved Tokyo. I loved Sapporo. It was. It was a great experience. It was, I can't think of a more perfect Olympic experience than the Sapporo experience that I had. Like I have really good memories and good, um, only good things to say. <laughs> the good news is unlike, unlike Tokyo, you actually got fans there. Yeah, it was really exciting. There were so many people out there, even with COVID and, and Japan's way more strict than we are. And we still had a lot of people come out. It would even even having a few people would have felt would have been nice there. Just give, just like come on, let's because you know Japan's such a big race walking community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they're all about loyalty and honor, and so. Yeah, I mean, like in Japan, if like I don't know if it's still the case, but if a batter if a batter is called out on strikes, he would bow to the umpire. <laughs> Well, I know it was pretty heartbreaking the the Japanese their performance in the men's um, race walk because they were supposed to take one two three or do really well and they didn't do as well. Um, I know it was like it was heartbreaking for them. It was a lot of pressure on them. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on. They put a lot of money and support into their training as well. I don't know what it is, but like there's always pressure on certain athletes. Like uh, who, like at the Doha World Tra World Championships, there was a lot of pressure on that uh high jumper from Cutter. Uh yeah, yeah, cause yeah. Because if you're at home, guess what? You better guess what? You better win. There was there yeah. was a lot of pressure on the Americans because playing being at home. Guess what? You've got to win. Well, mm -hmm. the Americans dominated. Well, we use, yeah, we usually do. We got a lot of money to do it, so. And also, then it also helped that we didn't have to fly halfway around the world to. Uh, yeah, they probably would have had one more medal if they let me compete in my best event. <laughs> maybe, maybe in like the maybe you could have been like the mixed queen, right? Uh, it was the still the thirty-five k last year. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't, because I don't think the fifty k is in the Olympics anymore. It's just the no, now now it so it's switched as of this coming year. 
Now it's going to be the mixed 35, which is two 10Ks for the women or however they decide to do it. And a 12 point something K, one, two K for the men for the first leg and a 10K for the second leg to make for a full. And then, um, so that's the mixed relay and then the 20K. That seems that seems weird. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm like I'm like I'm I'm used to seeing uh, uh, who's the Canadian race walker Evan Dun Dundee. Evan Dundee. Yeah, yeah. Dundee like either get third or fourth in every fifty k. Yeah, but he also has strong ten k's, so he'll be fine. He's he's a strong he's strong in all the distances. You gotta be you've gotta be versatile and. Yeah, yes. Actually, I, you know what I'm excited about? And if I was younger, I would totally try it, is the break dancing. I can't <laughs> wait to see that. I'm so excited. Like, I, I just love watching it. So, yeah, this yeah, is. I'm, I'm kind of envious of if you're young and <laughs> flexible and strong and you can do that. Please go for it for me. I'd love to do it. Yeah, let me tell you, Big, D, Big D's got no flexibility right now. Like, my nine-year-old nephew's got more flexibility in her left big toe than I do in my whole body. Well, but the nine-year-olds and younger are pretty flexible. They like to show us up with that. Did you want to tell me about your injury comeback? Yeah. Back from some leg stuff. Yeah, I yeah, I think I may have strained a hamstring. Oh. Uh, that's not fun. That's not fun. Yeah, that's pretty serious. You need to be very careful with that one, otherwise you have longer a longer rest time. Yeah, I mean, like I I didn't even know exactly what happened. I'm like, what's going on with my hamstring and my abductors? I'm like, I'm like this does. Have you seen an active release therapist? Yes. I went to therapy for like six weeks and uh, it feels a whole lot better now. Active release? Because there's all different types. Active yes. release is specific. Okay. Good. Good. Well, because you did the 5K the other day. You said it went pretty well. Yeah. And your mile was faster than normal. So that's good. But just be careful if you feel anything in your hamstring. Trust me. I mean... Uh... I was a thousand percent nervous that something was going to happen, but the doctor said, "Go, go for it, go for it. You, you'll be fine." And I took time, and I knew when I started training, like five, six weeks ago, I had a chance to get ready for my five k yesterday, and I made it. By golly, made it. I completed in like thirty one, thirty six, and uh, I felt every step of that race. I felt every step of that race. Wasn't my fastest race, but proud of finishing. Proud I got my turkey leg yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you felt every step and then you ate a step. You ate <laughs> <a> turkey step. <laughs> yes. And uh, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I hope I'm not showing my age with like all the all these genuine leg injuries, right? Oh gosh! Even the little eighteen-year-olds are getting the injuries. <laughs> like it's just part of the the job, right? Comes yeah. <laughs> Two broken arms, concussion, strained Achilles on the left foot, and a stress fracture on the right foot. 
I don't know how you broke your arms running, but <laughs> no, actually, no, actually, well, not all running, but left arm broke this arm once in once while swinging like a wiffle ball in the backyard. Then in 2002, I broke this arm while when I fell off a skateboard. You know, like I've got no balance in my legs. <laughs> I broke so decided to try board, it out on a skateboard. Falling off on a skateboard. I like, you know what? I need to I need to check my balance out. I'm gonna go on a skateboard. You know, uh during COVID, I actually wanted to order one of those skateboards that only had one wheel in the middle from decathlon. I don't know what I was thinking because I've had three head injuries, but I was like, I could do it. <laughs> I had to be talked out of it. Uh yeah. <laughs> that was stupid. And then but uh, I think we all Isn't it crazy how we get those injuries. It, we could be doing we could like the most serious things we, we walk off with maybe a little scratch, but then we stub our toe and suddenly we broke our arm. You know, <laughs> it was like something so ridiculous and we'll have the worst injury. Maybe we should have been break dancers. I know, right? Oh, I am so envious of anyone that gets to do that for the Olympics. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to watch. Partly, like, every time I'm working out, my head just goes off to, what if I just started breakdancing right now? Because you got to have strong abs. you got to be really flexible. It would help race walking. I don't think I I, I would not be a breakdancer. Big D's not making the breakdancing team. Yeah, I'm not. You know, Robin Stevens is not making the breakdancing team. Not this year. However, well, do I like to fantasize about it? I sure do. I mean, we would. I mean, we would all. We would all like to be the first. The person, man or woman, standing on top of the podium. Uh, I don't really care much about that. I care more about like I just want to be able to break dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you'd be doing at your wedding then. <laughs> I mean, you imagine, you imagine after running your event at the Olympics, obviously, everybody's side, you're like, I want, I want to break dance. I do, I do. I want to break dance really bad. <laughs> I know what my touchdown. I know what my touchdown celebration would be. Your what celebration? My touchdown celebration. My touch. Would, would would you do the roll? The head spin. Oh, there you go. I think I would do. I would do a little Michael Jackson there. <laughs> the <laughs> the moonwalk. The yeah. hat. The hat flip. What? What? With your helmet. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking break dancing and all the. <laughs> that's all. That's all related. You know. The moonwalk is. It's just race walking backwards. Both feet are on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world has this episode turned into? <laughs> moonwalking at its finest. Do you have any life advice for me? Life advice? <laughs> oh, one day at a time. One minute at a time, Dylan. And you just think about all the stuff you're grateful for. And one and being you. And one and being you. Huh? And one and being you. 
and one in and one of them being you your brick no you <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I mean, at least have somebody, at least have somebody to talk and uh, share those stories. Whether it be dancing at them, whether it be break walk, I mean, break dancing, walking at the Olympics, <laughs> yeah, we want to still walk. We're gonna break walk. <laughs> break Ooh. dancing, walking at really, we should do a break dance walking. Yeah, or like you would break dance walk, I would break dance run. Yeah. Then Michael will moonwalk. <laughs> Maybe I need to break dance my next race. Yeah, I think we both should. <laughs> I've got a GoPro. Do you have a TikTok? Maybe we should do a break dance TikTok no, challenge. No, no, I'm not on TikTok. We'll further injure ourselves. <laughs> I'm not injured right now, but we'll, you know, we'll see. I'd be wa I'd be washed up by the time I ended. <laughs> <laughs> What's one way to get flexible? We'll just throw ourselves into those moves. Hold ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of uh, what instead of Kelly Clarkson's gonna be moves like Jagger. We can blend the two. <laughs> All right, Robin. Thanks for hopping on. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Black, Black Friday shopping. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm very grateful for you, Dylan. You're a wonderful person. Thank you. And I hope your leg gets better. Your hamstring. Be careful with that. 